welcome to our 25th episode of UPSC Prep Decoded. I am Shreya. This episode is a special one as today all of our hosts, including me from our previous episodes and Ashay Sir, are in conversation. We shall be discussing current affairs preparation in light of prelims and mains. With the examinations for 2021 being postponed, we are hoping this discussion will guide your preparation and make you exam ready. Without further ado, let us begin. Hello, sir. Uh, so how do we look at current affairs a universe in itself or is it an extension of the static portion so do we prepare notes for them separately or do we merge them with our static notes the area is little gray for me so if you could elaborate on it yes absolutely akshay when you look at current affairs whether it's a universe in itself i think it has multiple galaxies in that universe you know now to just address your question on multiple fronts when the upsc syllabus underwent a change when two gs papers became four papers of general studies and ethics paper was introduced the number of marks for the essay were increased there was a very long thought that went into it basically to ensure that the exam could become more and more generic perhaps in the future you could also see a reduction or complete elimination of the optionals as well which has been in the pipeline for quite some time now the entire focus of this is to ensure that there are no students from any specific disciplines or academic fields that have an edge over those from probably say a humanities versus science or engineering versus medicine so the idea is to make the exam as generic as possible and to with that view in end the focus remains on infusing current affairs to the general studies syllabus so ideally when you look at the general studies syllabus the syllabus is only for the purposes of or points of reference it kind of demarcates certain fields for you that this is what could be asked but if you ask me my personal opinion is that the division between a general studies paper 1 paper 2 and paper 3 is only for the point of marking paper setting and like i mentioned a general scope of reference for students not really for the upsc because when you look at topics related to current affairs now for example we are in the midst of a pandemic so there is a lot of focus with regard to the covid-19 pandemic and in terms of the impact that it has the health infrastructure of this country the spending vaccine rollouts that is one very myopic way of looking at it but if you look at the long term impacts that what has been the impact of lockdowns on the msme sector on smaller entrepreneurs traders self styled uh, individuals and professionals those offering home services you would see that their business has not only shrunk but many of them have been forced to close down so here you have an economic impact on the slightly lower stratas of um, uh, the society in terms of their economic makeup then you come to the life of students you see people who were learning having instructions of learning through a physical mechanism more so um kindergarten children children in uh, junior schools in secondary schools have been forced to adapt onto an online method of learning they don't know when they can go back to school when they can go back to regular activities so you realize that there is also a psychological kind of impact on the lives of people then you have had people who have lost family relatives or friends to the pandemic so what kind of an impact 
or how do you find that these people would deal with factors related to loss you're you're having newer ailments and newer diseases coming out of the covid pandemic like reports of yellow fungus and black fungus so this results or raises questions with regard to whether this has got to do with you know larger environmental factors that are responsible for spread of covid so when you look at a topic from one lens it could be very myopic because its impact or effects could be felt on multiple other areas so generally when you look at your syllabus and you're looking at a history or geography or polity or economy or science and tech environment ecology um uh, you know you would realize that if you can pick up one topic of current affairs and if you are able to basically radiate it around these multiple prisms that kind of diffraction of light that you would see would give you a very very good perspective you would be able to have a bird's eye view of the topic with the option of zooming in uh, into the worm's eye or zooming out and keeping it into a bird's eye view so in that sense um, a very good way to go about this is to read newspapers not so much for information but to try and gain analysis and perspective on topics note down current affairs according to topics uh, as segregated in your syllabus so that you are able to relate them to answers that you need to write or multiple choice questions that you need to attempt in the prelims and that can be the essential body of information of case study of examples of statistics that can become the mainstay of your upsc answer and also gives you perspective and analysis to navigate and eliminate questions in mcqs yes sir thank you sir so is it wise to have a separation of current affairs as prelim notes that are concise and means notes that are more descriptive seeing the changes in the recent year of papers prelim questions are becoming more and more analytical i find it pretty confusing while categorizing notes in this fashion so how do we tackle this sir absolutely ashreya that that's a very very pertinent question earlier when you looked at prelim question papers the mcq questions were based out of elimination a lot of the information that was asked particularly related to history polity geography environment was of the nature of direct questions so i also fact based so you would either know the answer or wouldn't know it but now with the fact over the past 3 4 years if you look at the prelim question papers particularly 2016 um, to 2020 you will realize that the nature of questions are not based on memory neither are they based on on information so they don't they don't need you to memorize but they need you to analyze so there is really no need to have this kind of segregation uh, of notes between prelims or mains because at the end of the day your notes need to be very concise and very brief if you are going to write notes um, on one topic that run into say three four sides of a four um, uh, uh, size sheets of paper you are really not going to go revisit them yourself as well so one of the essential takeaways is that write only that which you will read and which you will probably memorize or learn so when you are writing notes you need to have a very very smart approach extremely smart which talks about them being concise those that can be based on memory those where you can analyze uh, those 
where you are going to be in a position to you know relay out somewhere else and also perhaps transfer to to other uh, avenues or areas of the syllabus so such specific segregation really not needed at all however when you are noting them down uh, particularly topic wise if you can keep your case studies statistics you know the numerics figures examples government schemes if they can be put into a small box you know it would be very very easy for you to navigate and actually pick up that relevant information create a photographic memory and then navigate easily whether the question comes as an mcq or whether it comes as a detailed short note or a long answer uh, it would be very very smooth sailing for you thank you sir this really cleared my doubt sir i would now like to ask that uh, current affairs themselves are so exhausting and the difficulty that candidates faces they often end up having a current affair backlog but when we specifically see current affairs they tend to repeat themselves so what will be a smart approach towards this you know absolutely work always expands to fill the time allotted so when you look at the current affairs a lot of people have the habit of procrastinating so when you look at a newspaper every day you say okay i won't do it today i probably do it in two days and three days and four days but what i would suggest is a smarter way to approach the current affairs is to have a weekly pointer taken down of topics at large that have been discussed over a week now what that benefits the student is that it ensures that the repetitive nature of topics is not analyzed on a daily basis because if you have something that is an ongoing issue uh, you know which you need to uh, to analyze like for example there there uh, there is a lot of issue with regard to indian uh, extradition um, you know uh, requests um, of a concerned fugitive um, from a foreign country and you are seeing that every day you are reading a uh, different uh, news about it but what you are not gaining is the perspective or information with regard to extradition laws extradition treaties what is the system that needs to be followed during extradition you know where is the extradition request come from which is the ministry that deals with it so good idea would be to track the news item throughout the week and at the end of the week identify the weekly current affairs or the weekly topics from multiple fields uh, economy science and tech environment ecology indian polity history commerce so if you are able to pick up those topics and analyze them there should not be any kind of difficulty at all purely because you will have very crisp current affairs and more importantly they will not be repetitive and because you have spent a week reading different opinions and perspectives on one particular burning issue you will have gained good amount of traction and good amount of knowledge to actually evolve a very very fact based um, opinion that reflects a lot of perspective when you are actually analyzing it at the end of that week thank you sir so another important question is how to plan for current affairs revision how often does one do it to ensure that it is not too late and too little i'm sure most aspirants may have similar dilemmas absolutely i i think the dilemma here is more you know self inflicted because i think one of the first things that you learn right from when you begin going to school and when you start the learning process which i i think believes in the fact that you are able to memorize information now memorizing happens 
to different people in different ways. Some people are very good at rote learning information. Some people don't like the rote learning process. So they, they are, they find it easier to facilitate pointers, which they can elaborate on. Certain others believe that a photographic memory helps better recall. A lot of aspirants these days are using, you know, smaller pointers and flashcards and things like that, which, which also work. So I think you need to evolve something that works for you. You could try out one or two methods of memory-based learning and see what works for you. But the, the, the absolute critical point here is there's a very, very famous saying in German that says Prüfung macht in den Meister. And that holds true for most aspirants in all disciplines and walks of academic life that practice makes perfect, right? So the only way to keep memorizing them is you keep revisiting your notes. Now, this has multiple benefits. One, when you revisit it, you're able to see it in a different light, not in the same light in which you collated or wrote it. Secondly, you may also realize that something that you have written a month ago can be improvised and written better or analyzed better. Third, there could be certain topics that you have collated over a few months, say two, three months, and you realize that they are pretty redundant currently because an act or a law has been repealed or a particular matter has died down. So you're able to keep weeding out information. If you want to have a nice green patch of lawn, one of the first things that the gardener tells you is that you have to keep weeding. So similarly, if you are able to keep weeding out information, you're able to analyze information, you're able to take a relook at it you know, you'll be able to rethink it out and you'll be able to better understand it. So I believe that keeping an hour every day for just going through and glancing through your current affair notes, that is why note making is very critical. A lot of people rely on online portals and websites. These are only aggregators of news items. They never analyze it for you. So you could be picking up a, a hundred per periodicals that come out for current affairs. There are a lot of sources these days in fact because of um, the internet age you don't have a dearth of the material that is available but what is the problem with this material if this material was available um, you know for so many candidate aspirants why would you find that people don't see the success is because they believe that the information that they are seeing is the information that they need to memorize and that is not right because between the seeing or collecting of information and the memory is the most important step of analysis and perspective. And no website, no book, no periodical is ever going to do this for you because you have to evolve your own methodology, your own strategy, your own thought process of how you are going to analyze and gain perspective on the, of the information at hand. Thank you, sir. Uh, sir? There's a famous saying that I hear and I forget. I see, I remember. And when I do, I understand. So when it comes to current affairs, note making is very crucial. As you have mentioned earlier, there needs to be a microscopic view and a macroscopic view. Could you please elaborate by taking a topic on how actually we make current affair notes? For the convenience of our listeners, could you please pick up uh, the COVID pandemic and the recent vaccination? Absolutely. You see, now uh, th there is a lot of information that is coming out with regard to the COVID uh, pandemic. So last year, particularly, if, if I could recall, I had a lot of students uh, talking to me and asking me whether they needed to know the difference between a RT-PCR test and an antigen test and what an antibody test was and what kind of testing kits were to be used. So a lot of people tend to get into a lot of technical information. 
right? Um, technical information is required only for you to analyze it in, to understand its working. So there will be a scientific principle that differentiates or distinguishes between these tests in terms of how they are to be run or how they work, which needs to be understood in layman's understanding purely because it can be relayed in the simplest way possible. So when you are picking up a lot of information related to the pandemic and related to vaccination, what you need to basically analyze and do is to keep tracking information and keep making consistent notes. Like what we discussed a little while earlier, Pragya, was that what has been the impact of the pandemic from a panoramic kind of a view in terms of its economic impact, in terms of um, uh, its um, uh, you know, psychological impact, in terms of the political impact, in terms of its social impact. So analyze these topics really well. Now, once you're done with that, and ensure that you're not writing more than 30 to 40 words under each of these headings, because we don't want something that's very voluminous, because we're not going to be in a position to really go through it. If every a note that you prepare on a particular topic runs into five or seven pages. Um, you see, it's going to be completely irrelevant. It's going to be completely irrelevant to sort that problem out. So that is something that we can't really be focusing on or you know, even spending too much or wasting too much of time on. Having said that, uh, this is an evolving topic, right? So there could be a possibility that a lot of information that you think is true and accurate today does not or may not have the scientific evidence or backing to really hold it as a fact. So you must be very careful about the information that you read, um, the statistics that you're looking at, where are they coming from? Is it coming from a government source? Is it coming from the WHO? Which agencies are releasing information? So look at all those factors, piece them together, and to you uh, uh, in the last question as well, that keep reading out. Weed out what is not required and refill it with something that is going to be needed. Thank you, sir. I believe that in being uh, concise will help us to be precise in the examination. Absolutely. Sir, so my question is that when we make our current affairs notes, how do we utilize the same material for our optional, say sociology or public administration, or even for ethics and essay for that matter? Because from what I understand, sir, in our previous discussions, you have always emphasized on the fact that UPSC demands us to put in current affairs examples to illustrate a point better. So apart from the GS1, 2, and 3 papers, so how else can we expand it to the others? Yeah, Rupanna, that's a very good question. If that would help, you know, reloop whatever was discussed earlier. So if you recollect right now, when we were having this chat, we also mentioned or rather or discussed the way of how to take notes. And during that conversation, I emphasized that whatever numerics, statistics, case studies, and examples that you are finding on one particular topic, put them into one tiny box at the top of that page where you are noting down information related to the topic. Because this is going to be invaluable uh, to put into any of the papers related to the UPSC, including an essay, it would come of use tomorrow if you're having a general discussion at interview as well, where you are trying to refute, um, you know, or, or rather stand your ground on a question that is asked by, you know, probably just giving out certain statistics or case studies, because practical examples and information help relay factual information better. When you mention a fact, if you're able to relate to a practical reality, theory and practice merge, 
and that is a recipe not only to clear this exam but one towards academic excellence as well so whenever you are reading topics whenever you are picking up information of current affairs and you are writing a short note maybe one or two sides of a page put in a tiny box at the top of every such topic only to mention a government scheme a program a case study statistics uh, you know facts and figures you may not find all of it but i am pretty sure that for any given topic among this list of four five things like examples case studies statistics um, uh, numerics etc you would definitely find at least two or three of these and that will be an absolute winning kind of combination for you to have a good body of information that is backed by evidence so that you are able to stand your ground and explain your point better all right sir thank you i think that kind of explains my question so last question from my side uh, since the merger of the forest service exam with the civil service examination we have seen an increase in the environment questions particularly in prelims so how do we approach this section of current affairs yes uh, you see uh, that's a very pertinent question akshay in fact environment and ecology has always been a point of concern for most aspirants purely because of the absolute vast nature of the syllabus so what do you do first you start with the a and then you go to the z so an an important thing to remember here is start understanding the basic factual information related to the syllabus of environment for which ncert textbooks are the go to so when you go into ncert textbooks and you understand terms and terminologies uh, you know nutrient cycles um, you know the oxygen cycle and the nitrogen cycle and the issue of the food pyramid and you know the the food chain so once you understand these basics um, you are able to know whatever is the terms that are associated with the environment and ecology syllabus thereafter you start looking at what india's journey in dealing with environment and ecological issues has been so this journey will include air water soil uh, impacts of climate change laws and legislations and what kind of overlap are you seeing with these laws legislations policies of india with the global context and if you can run this from independence till date you will have two parallel streams of information though running parallelly hugely intertwined in each other because of the way in which they have been influencing and building on the learnings that come out of their own jurisdictions so for example when when you look at a movement towards uh, say a bs6 norms or india's commitments towards the international solar alliance or india's move towards ensuring that you know we are going to move towards a majority amount of vehicles towards electric vehicles by 2030 so where do these commitments come from what kind of international engagements are coming from them so if you can just draw good flow charts detailing out this information because it has been progressive right um uh, india has been at the forefront of implementing many principles for example the polluter pays principle and so many other principles that have been spoken about or conceptualized in un conventions have unknowingly been addressed by india through laws and legislations right from the uh, enactment of the environment protection act 1986 so you will see that there has been a lot of learning for us 
and there has also been a lot of giving from our to the international community at large to dealing with these problems so i believe that once you know the, the static information in terms of terms understandings terminologies uh, you know the, the the general syllabus after that you start fusing it with current affairs draw a good timeline india's trist with environment laws has begun at independence through outlining the need for the state to enact laws legislations to protect environment through directive principles of state policy right and thereafter we have seen a slew of legislations that have come out with regard to um, uh, you know control of air pollution water pollution uh, soil pollution and then the environment uh, protection act and so on and so forth so if you can track this journey and also track a parallel international journey in terms of international organizations and conventions that have kind of you know mirrored a process of multiple other countries and jurisdictions i think you would have a lot of good information collated which is logical and which is also much much more clearer in terms of a timeline for you to follow that totally answers my question sir thank you sir it was as always a pleasure to have you here we hope our audience has something to take back from the discussion before we say goodbye a very big thank you to all our subscribers and listeners who have been following us and have appreciated our efforts this 25th episode is a special milestone for us and it would not have been possible without all of you we shall continue to give our best and keep simplifying upsc prep for you if you like this episode please follow us and add us to your favorites Also please share the podcast with your friends and family who are studying for the exam or are thinking of preparing for it we shall be happy to help see you until next time